Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. All right, everybody, I've got another great show for you. But before we get started, I've got some sad news. And you know, I don't usually break the news because by the time I get it out on my podcast, it's old news. And also sometimes the breaking news is somebody's sad story. And I don't like to treat that like it's content, you know. But this one, even though it is somebody's very sad story, more than one somebody, It's just such a big deal. I got to report it as I hear it. And that is my beloved Buxton Hall Barbecue is closing its doors. And that makes me almost want to cry just saying it out loud. I have loved this restaurant since the day they opened their doors. In fact, I went there and posted about it so much that people regularly accused me of being on their payroll, which I was not. I They were... On my payroll, I was giving them my money for their food. And so I'm very, very sad to hear that it's closing. I just interviewed Molly and Marwan Irani not that long ago, two of the owners, and they gave me no indication that it was going to close. But we had a very honest conversation in which they said that Buxton Hall was struggling with the terrible economic the tourism collapse in Asheville. The tour- tourism market has just collapsed in Asheville. And yes, we have booming weekends and a lot of people come into town every weekend. But during the week, it's very slow downtown. And you know who's not there more than the tourists? It's the locals. Uh, the tourists basically scared away all the locals. And when the economic times were flush, Everybody was downtown, like people from all over the country, all over the world were coming to Asheville, cramming in downtown. Restaurants, retailers were pulling down dollar bills, and everybody's rent went through the roof, like right through the roof with the rents downtown. Because landlords, of course, they rub their hands together and they say, oh, everybody's making money. We should raise the rent. And so the rents went way up. You'd fall over, folks, if you heard what some of the restaurants pay every month for rent. And then along comes some economic hard times, pandemic. And yeah, some landlords did cut some businesses a deal on their rent. And if you have a good landlord and you're downtown, you're doing better than other people who don't have good landlords. And I shouldn't use words like good and bad, but if your landlord treats you well, shall we say, or if your landlord just ignores the fact that tourism took a tank, like totally tanked this year and is still charging you the same rent they were charging you in 2018 and 19, and perhaps even raising the rent every year like they love to do, then you're kind of SOL. And I'm not sure if Buxton Hall Barbecue is closing because of rent issues, because I don't know even if they rent or own that building, but That's just a way for me to say that it's very expensive to operate in downtown and rent does get named a lot or they say overhead. 
gets named a lot as one of the reasons that restaurants are struggling and why some of them, such as City Bakery and uh, and a couple others, that and, and Holman and Finch to a degree, had to close their doors. And uh, yeah, there were other reasons Holman and Finch had to close their doors that we won't go into right now. But yeah, it's sad. And I know that it's uh, almost like forbidden territory to say that the landlord should participate in our downtown economic um health more than just raising the rent they should work with the local business in my opinion they should work with local businesses to keep them downtown and keep the prices on their menus reasonable so that people continue to come downtown because and i see a lot of empty spaces these days in downtown Asheville more than i have seen in years and I still love downtown. I work there. I love it. I show it off to the uh, tourists that sign up for food tours with me. But yeah, it's it's suffering. So if you're local, come on downtown. It's not as busy as it used to be. There's plenty of parking. There's no lines at the restaurants. Come down on the weekdays when they're open. Call ahead to make sure they're open. Because when there are economic hard times, the restaurants do trim up their hours so they can save a little money on staffing costs. All right, y'all, that's that. A sad farewell to Buxton Hall. I'm going to try to get in there as many times as I can before the end of this month. uh, The scuttlebutt is they're closing at the end of the month. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. Hey, everybody. Here I am back in the studio with another guest, a very special guest. And I know I say it every week. They're all special. But (laughs) this week we have one of my favorite people in the local food scene. Uh, And Well, I consider her to be in the local food scene because she's always inviting me to come eat at restaurants. But really, she's a marketer. Today we have Ellen Stroud, the marketing consultant with Asheville Radio Group. Hey, Ellen, how are you today? Hi. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, I forgot to tell you that <laughs> and this is a little behind the curtain stuff for anybody listening. We're only using the audio portion of this oh. Zoom recording. Just good. to let you okay. know that. Yeah. I didn't do my hair today, so perfect. Okay. Well, I jammed a hat on my head, so that might tell you the state of my hair today, <laughs> Ellen. Uh, but I did comment. You have a lovely surfboard behind you in the background. Are Are you a surfer? Do you surf? I am. I used to live out in California and uh, Huntington Beach and went out there and, you know, just gave it my all. And now I'm back here in the mountains. So not really too much surfing uh, these days, but uh, still love it and go when I can. Ain't no surfing on the French Broad River? Oh, yeah. No? That's where I go. That's where you go to surf is on the French Broad. (laughs) Woo, ride those waves. Yeah. Just don't get stuck on an old tire. Oh, right. Yeah. Or something worse. Who knows what's in there? (laughs) We're local, so we get to talk smack about the French Broad River, but it (laughs) is a lovely water feature that runs through the middle of Asheville, separates downtown Asheville from West Asheville. Um, Well, Ellen, I invited you on because we saw each other recently, and you invited me to eat at a new restaurant. So let's start there, and then let's back up and talk about the Asheville Radio Group. But you invited me to eat at a wonderful new little restaurant called Deep South Kitchen. Yeah. 
Um, so they just opened like two weeks ago and, um, you know, it's, they're really great people, first of all. And second of all, they just have amazing food. Um, you know, it's, it's a deep South kitchen. That's what it is. It's uh, Southern soul food, um, great prices. You just can't get it anywhere else really. You know, I feel like those mom and pop places, you know, unfortunately either, I mean, they're just few and far between now. So, um, yeah, I invited you there and, um, you know, I know you enjoyed it. So, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. I brought my mom and I brought one of her best friends, uh, a very lovely woman named Deb and Deb grew up in Louisiana. So they were very excited. And my mom is from Boston. So she, we have me and my family, we have kind of limited experience with deep South food. I mean, I've lived here in Asheville for 18 years and while Asheville is not even close to being in the deep South, I've eaten a lot of Southern food since I got here, and I'm familiar with all of the food that was on the menu. And I'll say this to everybody listening, that imagine in your mind what a place called Deep South Kitchen would have on their menu, and that's what they have on their menu. Like The name definitely fits the description. <laughs> indeed. And there's lots of food, and the price is right, and I'm... Now, now let's talk about marketing because I'm going to do a standalone review of the meal experience we had at, at Deep South Kitchen. But let's talk about marketing because I did a Facebook post. I posted about maybe 20 pictures that I took of the food and I wrote just a, a long paragraph, I guess you might say, about our experience. Posted it to Facebook where I have 8,000 followers, approaching 9,000 followers, and it reached Ellen, it's been updated since the last time I talked to you. It has now reached over 23,000 people on Facebook. And that's I'm getting applause. Applause yeah. from Ellen. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, as a marketer, that that, uh, that that means something. Oh, for sure. And so why don't I let you talk about how what that does mean and what how um, social media kind of figures into your marketing plan these days? Yeah, sure. So um, social media is um, has definitely become a much more valuable tool now for businesses. Um, you know, 10 years ago, um, or maybe even a little longer, you know, it was just a platform for college kids. And now it's like, if you're not on Facebook as a business, then you're really not integrating a good, um, good you just have to integrate it into your marketing plan. I mean, there's no question about it. And being able to have, you know, someone like you as a food blogger, you know, share a post that reach, reaches 12,000 people. I mean, think about the population of Asheville. I mean, you know, we're not a huge city and you're reaching that many people. It's just, it's amazing. And uh, oh. I know I talked to, um, I talked to Jasper, who's the owner of Deep South Kitchen. And he said he went from having $150 lunch to a $500 lunch after you came in. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's the bottom line. I mean, marketing, yeah. it's fun to look at the numbers. And I want to correct you, not 12,000, 23,000. Oh, sorry. Um, 23, no, that's 000. okay. I just want to, you know, I'm proud. Yeah, double. double. And that's extraordinary for one of my posts. I mean, I've had posts that have gone up into the hundred and something thousand, but usually my posts do real well, in my opinion, reaching between 1,500 and 2,400 people on average. So I think in this small market of Asheville, reaching 2,400 people interested in food is a good reach for a Facebook post. Oh, um, for sure. 
and then they go up to sometimes three thousand four or five and in the case of this one really tipping the scales at quite a high number um and those are due to there was something like uh there there were a lot of shares on this post just mm-hmm. average people sharing the post to their friends and saying we got to go here and yeah. you you know in the standpoint of marketing that's gold so yeah that's uh, solid um and actually tying in to radio now um i know that one of our djs melanie she's on mix 96.5 and they're running an Asheville deal and she shared it and um you know, I believe that that um, the combination of doing this Asheville deal along with the um, social media influencer like yourself, you just really created a good combination of marketing. And and again, you know this as well as anyone. There's nothing quite like marketing something you already know is going to be popular. Exactly. Like, as soon as I saw the menu, I was like, all right, this is what Asheville has been wanting lately. This is what they've been talking about. And I went and very authentic service, like the owner came out and talked to us and he's a very nice person and talked about the food and talked about Louisiana with Deb. And, um, and then the food came out and everybody was like, wow, that's a lot of food. And again, that's something Asheville has been asking for is kind of bang for the buck. And, uh, and then the food was really good. So from my point of view, that's easy for me to make a post about. You you know that I don't make posts about food I don't like. So, mm-hmm. so I was very glad that I did like the food. <laughs> me too. And, I listen, I wouldn't steer you wrong. I wouldn't invite you anywhere that didn't have good food. I didn't think so. You've invited me to some great places. You invited me to go try Mela for the first time. And that's a great little Indian restaurant downtown. Oh, yeah. Mayfell. Yeah. May- Mayfell. Sorry. Yeah. God, that's so confusing. There's It is. There's five Indian restaurants in downtown Asheville right now, and three of them are named Mela, Mephil, and now a new one called Layla. Yeah. And then there's Mayfell. And then there's Mayfell, which is not an Indian restaurant, but just as confusing. Yeah. And then there's Chaipani. Right. Um, Yeah. So, but yeah, you haven't, you, you ain't going to steer me wrong. And that's That's why I take you up on your invitations. So um, how important is it for people who are trying to market their product, either their own or somebody else's, to reach out to, you use the word influencer, I'll accept it. I'm just a guy doing, writing about food on Facebook most for the most part. But how important is it to reach out to people like me that have a big Facebook following? Well, for sure. Um, it's extremely important. Um, I've incorporated this into my marketing plan as a consultant of reaching out to you um, consistently to help businesses grow. I mean, if you have, you know, an influencer come in and, you know, describe the food in the ways that you do, it just, I mean, the value in that is, it's uncomparable because there's no like for sure ROI on it. But when you're looking at, you know, Jasper went from $150 lunch to a $500 lunch. I mean, those posts can, you know, make your business. They really can. And word of mouth from there is going to take off because there was a lot of comments on the initial post saying, I got to go there. And now I'm seeing follow-up posts and people even posting pictures of the food that they ate having gone there. And they're like, this one person 
uh, posted a picture of their pot roast and said, man, this was exactly as you described it. And it was great. And so word of mouth is just going to balloon from that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's so important for these small businesses, um, you know, for them to grow. They really need the word of mouth and they need the marketing. They need the social media posts. I mean, it's I don't know how people survive without marketing. In this uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that they do. You know, I don't know. I don't know that either, but I haven't. Yeah. I, I don't have any data on it. So no, but can't really give you the full facts on it. I tell people that if you're struggling at all with the bottom line and you're not using social media, you really like shooting yourself in the foot because it's it's there for you to use and it can get you to a place where you can then even hire somebody to do your marketing for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, so let's talk about the radio stations because it's kind of interesting that they're small. They're, it's a conglomerate of five small regional or seven seven sorry about that okay. uh small regional uh radio stations here in western north carolina a variety of uh platform like formats i saw some oldies some sports things like that and so they came together like can you explain how they interact with each other yeah for sure so yeah we have seven radio stations um th- some of the larger ones that you've are probably familiar with are 1059 the mountain mix 96.5 98 one the river and then we have our uh wise sports station we have outlaw which is um legendary country so all the oldies like willie nelson and johnny cash and all, all the good ones you know mm-hmm. and then uh we have rewind uh 100.3 which is um best of like the 70s and 80s and um then we have pure oldies so yeah, it's, you know, it's a good uh, mix of, I mean, I'm, there's more music out there, but, um, you know, as far as our seven stations go, I feel like we cover, we cover a, a wide range of music. So it's yeah. it's actually great because um, I feel like there's just something for everybody. You know, if you listen to 98 One the River, you're going to hear a lot of local bands you're going to hear about what's going on in town who's playing at salvage station who's playing at orange pill um you know it's that station to me is really like where the locals go to get information on music that's great and the they are small radio stations connected to the community and that's good for the community to have these small radio stations that are here for us and the there's always been a historic connection between small business and small radio because of advertising. And you guys have been connected to a lot of the restaurant growth with your radio advertising. And you even a few years ago launched sort of a, a best of um, award. And a lot of great restaurants were voted best this, best that by your listeners. So Tell, just tell us a little bit about how that got started. Uh, whose idea was it to start the best of and how did your audience respond to it? Yeah, um, I, I can't take credit for that. It was not my idea. And honestly, I'm not sure who actually uh, came up with this thought. But, you know, uh, Melton Express does such a great job with Best of WNC. And they've been, you know, they've had the hold on that for years and years. And I think with Best of Asheville, we just wanted to um, target our audience, which is, about 90,000 listeners each week. And, um, you know, we're just wanting to support the community and also, um, 
you know, kind of showcase like who's the best. So it's interesting because um, this year was our third year and we had 72,000 votes. That's great. Wow. So, that's a nice pool. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can vote multiple times, but um, a lot of interest. Uh, I We did the best of Asheville party at Haiku I Do. And everybody came out that won um, either gold or silver. And it was just amazing to actually see the community come together. And it's like, you guys are the best of the best, you know, and uh-huh. um, let's be proud of it. That's great, man. Um, and yeah, the Mountain Express has been doing it for years and years and years. And I, I do my own little best of awards. It's just fun to do to do that and to do it with your particular audience or in my case, just by myself. But um, I think that there's always room for another one of those to come along, you know. Like, yeah, and don't downplay yours. You, you said my little best of. You have a great best of program. Oh, well, the, the restaurants I feature are just the cream of the crop. But, uh, yeah, it ain't like there's thousands of people <laughs> voting. <laughs> so they're kind of, um, yeah, they're small compared to the other awards. But thank you for saying that, Ellen. Um, no, I, I know I've posted it on um, social media platforms that I've used, and it's it's really um, something to be proud of. Oh well, thank you so much. I'm I'm humbled by that, um, and I'm blushing right now. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about restaurants. Me and you, just as two people who like to go out to eat, uh, we are Facebook friends. And so, I just want to say, sometimes I use the word Facebook to mean social media, the way that people use the word Kleenex to mean all tissue. I don't know. Right. That's that's because I'm old, and that's and Facebook is like <laughs> where where I hang out most often. No, I but, hear you. but also Instagram, Substack, all of that, all the social media. We're right. we're personal friends on Facebook, and um, you're you're very family oriented person, and yeah, seems like you have a pretty big family and friend pod. So let's talk about great places to eat locally and what you look for when you're looking for a family restaurant. Yeah. Um, so I um, have nephews that live here, uh, a niece and nephew, and then my mom is here with my sister and her family. And, you know, when we are looking at places to go out, you know, we look at a few different things like, do they have a kid's menu? Are they, you know, do they have a patio? Are they family friendly? And there's just so many places in Asheville that cater to that demographic. It's great. Um, Village Pub actually just opened not about a year ago over in uh, Biltmore Village. They have a great patio. They have, um, you know, good eats. It's definitely somewhere I like to take my family. It's big. So lots of uh, space for the kids lots of to yeah, if you have express a big group, themselves. What's that? Yeah. If you have a big group, that's definitely the place to go. Absolutely. And the menu has sort of broad appeal, in my opinion, which is when I go out with my family, we I try to pick a place where I know everybody's going to get something they like, of course. Mm-hmm. And so a restaurant with broad appeal, you know, got to have a burger on the menu. <laughs> Half right. the family's going to be like, eh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the, you know, I like the more laid back kind of joints. Um, I don't know. We go to like Hemingway sometimes for the view, you know, you got to see the rooftop and the mountains sometimes take it in. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I can't, I got I have a list of a ton. I mean, I can't even name all the places that I would recommend here because the food is just so great. But um, Ty Pearl is another good one. Um, if you're, you know, adventurous and you want to try um, 
from the chef who actually cooked for the King of Thailand. Uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. that's Chef May. Chef yeah, May chef, over it. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. And Thai, Thai Pearl, I noticed like you've got your friend groups and you got your your family groups. And Thai Pearl, I feel like is a great place to bring friends because uh, friends are going to be sometimes a little more adventurous. Some some of my friends do have adventurous children, like little kids that will eat spicy hot stuff, but not always. Yeah, I think she tried to kill you last time. <laughs> she did. She sent out a lot of spicy, spicy food last time and I was sweating and tears were coming I out of my eyes. Um, Ellen, uh, let's, let's talk about the biggest restaurants in town. I like to do things like try to make lists in my head, the biggest restaurants in town right now, the exchange inside of the, um, the new, uh, restoration hotel is huge. It's just a huge space and packed tavern is just enormous. What, what are some of the big spaces that you know of in downtown? Oh gosh. You put me on the spot here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I obsess thinking, on stuff like that. I'm thinking beer garden. Okay. Good one. Um, God, big places. See, that's a tough one because downtown, you know, there's not a ton of space. No, there's a lot of tight little restaurants. Right. Um, but you're right. Beer garden is not only big, but they just expanded. And beer garden has started to brew their own beer, which they had not done uh, before, which is kind of funny. that they. Oh, didn't. wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah, beer garden is going through some changes. I got to go check it out. That would be a good uh, family place to go because they got burgers, they got sports on the TV. Yeah, and there's a new place coming um, where Bramara used to be. I can't think of the name of it. Do you know? I don't, but I'm excited about that space too because they're building a green space yep. adjacent to it. Yeah, yep. and that's yeah. going to be a beer garden too. So I've heard. Okay. Uh, oh, it's going to be part of beer garden or it's going no, to be gonna a be beer like, garden. It's going to be a beer garden. Okay. All yeah. right. Cause that's, that's, it would be kind of cool actually if beer garden was about to take over that space to do their brewing, but I don't know, maybe they are. I have no idea. I'm not. Really... not. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's a different, um, I think it's like three individuals uh, that are coming together to do this project. So. Okay. Yeah. I admit, I don't know as much about the beer world as I do about the food world. Uh, yeah, that's right. See, yeah. I was um, once in that industry, so um, I, I kind of keep up with the, the trends and the, you know, the beer and the cocktail scene. You worked in the beer scene? You worked for... I did. Um, I actually bartended all through college, and okay. um, so it's got a special place in my heart, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Now, speaking of college, you went to college here in uh, Charleston, North Carolina. Is that correct? No, I went in Charleston, South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And you're originally from South Carolina. That's right. I, I've been coming up here for, well, before I moved here five years ago. Uh, my sister actually um, landed in Asheville about 20 years ago. So I had a good familiarity with the area here and um, decided, you know, I came back from California and I was like, all right. Asheville it is and uh bought a house so I'm here in West Asheville and uh don't plan on going anywhere anytime soon nice that's good news for us the people of Asheville that you're gonna stick around oh thank you yeah. I don't know about that but no I I do because it's I was about to ask you this question about how important it is to have sort of a familiarity with the area when you do marketing 
and I think it's super important. So I'm glad you're going to stick around to do marketing for the uh, folks in this area. So yeah, coming from South Carolina, you're that's regional. You know, I consider people from South Carolina to have a lot of similar uh, experiences as people from around here. So bringing, do you think that's important to market in an area you are personally familiar with? I do. And, you know, I've kind of been on both sides of things where I've been in marketing in other cities that I wasn't really familiar with. And it's it's tough, you know, um, you know, the benefits here is really knowing the audience, you know, it's uh, not necessarily, you know, how to get from, you know, West Asheville to South Asheville without, you know, getting stuck in traffic for <laughs> 30 minutes or whatever it is. But I think it's the most important thing is knowing the people here. So, um, you know, knowing who you're talking to, who's your audience, who's your customer, um, you know, that's to me, that's key. I agree. And I, I think when restaurants hire outside marketing, it's kind of uh, really obvious to, yeah. to everybody in town. It, it is. just doesn't feel authentic. Right. And, you know, there's there's so many routes you can go with someone handling your social media and uh when you have someone that's local and handles it you really can tell you absolutely can i used to advise uh my i used to do a little bit of marketing for restaurants in the beginning when i first started writing about food i was trying to figure out how to get paid um <laughs> which was hard now i do yeah. food tours to get paid but um I would always tell them when I when I give them advice, I'd be like, if you're doing your own social media, mention the weather every once in a while, because that will really ground you in Asheville. People will be aware that you are here and aware, oh, it's a great overcast day, the perfect day to come in and dine at our restaurant or something like that. I like that tip. And I actually do that as well. And first, uh, my social media, too. So you know you know that as somebody who now you studied marketing in college, correct? Yeah, and I actually handle a couple of restaurants here um as well. Okay. I manage yeah. their social media accounts, yeah. Do you want to shout them out? Of course. Uh Mayfield Indian restaurant, uh and Dilbler and Village Pub. There you go. And you are such a good marketer. You slid those right into our conversation. In yeah, the beginning. no shame. No shame at all. No shame at all. You're proud <laughs> of the people you market for. And uh, I, gave, I gave Methil uh, an award for uh, lunch of the year and an award for their interior decor because they have a great design sense and the place is super comfortable. It's one of my personal favorite restaurants in Asheville. And their sister restaurant, Dilbar, right next door. Amazing, amazing Indian street food, a large menu with a wide variety of foods, including like Chinese Indian dishes and stuff, some uh, uh, Tibetan dishes and Nepalese dishes. It's a really fun, come like it's a fun pairing of two styles of Indian restaurants. Right. Yeah. You have kind of like the take and go or, you know, more of like a fast food style uh, Indian takeout with Dilber and then Mayfell is your more of a fine dining, you know, nice, um, nice China sit down dinner. I like that. Nice China. Yeah. <laughs> Eat, eating off of nice plates. Yeah. yeah. And, and like classical Indian music playing at Methville, Bollywood playing at Dilbar, 
like just a totally different vibe. And right. so it's it's cool. And the owners, Raj and Al, are very nice people. I always yeah. enjoy running into them. And they just launched a food truck. Are you also marketing the truck? Uh, yeah, it's been uh, going really well, actually. A uh, ton of interest. People are wanting to see where Mao is, which is what we're calling it, Maythill on Wheels. Oh, so nice. where's Mao going? Uh, you can find it at Zillicoa. You can see them at some of the apartment complexes around town. Um, Highwire. Yeah, they're they're getting around for sure. Yeah, big, it's a huge green truck. It's really hard to miss. It might be the biggest food truck I've seen in Asheville. Oh, yeah, that thing is massive. It is. <laughs> I it's... went inside of it and I was like, whoa, this is like a full on kitchen. They it's have prob- a tandoori oven in the food truck. I didn't know that. It's probably bigger than some of the kitchens in the restaurants downtown. Like Sovereign Remedies has a kitchen that's the size of a closet, pretty much. Yeah. So I bet the food truck is bigger. Um, yeah. That's impressive that they, I, I didn't know that their kitchen was that small, but uh, that's impressive that they crank out what they do. I know. Well, they do a great job out of that tiny little kitchen. Um, and uh, and Mef, uh, Raj tells me that the food truck's doing very well. So. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, definitely follow um, the food truck. Uh, And Ellen, we've just got a few minutes and we're going to wrap up. But why don't you tell tell my audience everywhere they need to find you, where to look for the radio station promos and all. uh, Every web address you want to blurt out right now, go for it. Yeah. All right. I like this portion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ellen Stroud. Uh, you can email me at estroud, E-S-T-R-O-U-D, at avlradio.com. Um, you know, I'm around town, uh, so I do a lot of networking events, and, um, you know, I'm always looking to connect. I love talking about marketing, so if you have a business or any ideas that you want to bounce around, I will chat with you as long as you want to about it. That's awesome, and... You are a good person to know. Let me just tell my audience that it's uh, it's beneficial to know Ellen Stroud. So is it? it sure is. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll invite you to some good eating places. That's for sure. If nothing else, yeah. If but nothing no. else, you get invited to some lunch or dinner somewhere. That's right, and good networking, and you know, you know other good people. So the networking is all great. I mean, networking is not just what I like to do professionally, but I just enjoy it as part of my social life as well. Well, you know, Asheville has such amazing people here. Um, you know, it's just it's it's a joy to be able to connect with some of these like beautiful minds. There you go. That's now you're marketing the people of Asheville. You can't you can't stop yourself, Alan. I know I can't. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for all you do. It's a real pleasure talking to you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I enjoy it and um, look forward to seeing who else you have on. Oh, thank you. All right. Have a great day, Ellen. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ellen Stroud. And since Ellen and I talked about the Deep South Kitchen, now I want to talk some more about the Deep South Kitchen. Now, here's the thing is I'm very sort of uh, in tuned with food trends, right? Like people are constantly talking to me about food and I see the trends, not before they happen, 
because I'm not that smart, but I see them as they're happening. And lately I've seen a trend that people want cheap, good old fashioned, stick to your ribs, no nonsense, basic food. That's what they want. They don't want to spend a ton of money on frilly food anymore. And, and I'm talking in generalities, of course, because there's always going to be those people, those wealthier folks who do want to spend big money on frilly food. And on occasion, I am one of those people that wants to spend big money on frilly food. A lot of times I don't have to spend the big money on the fancy stuff because I get invited to come write about it. I've put myself in a pretty good position as a person who doesn't have a lot of money that I get to participate in the sort of high-end culinary world. And that's pretty good for me. But I also, when I spend my own dollar bills, sometimes I spend a lot, sometimes I spend a little. And I don't mind. I don't have kids. That's a big thing for me. I got no kids so I can spend my money on myself. And so I do. But I hear other people say a lot that they want cheap food. That's And I don't hear them say, we want cheap food. I hear them say again and again, oh, those prices are so high. Oh my God, this food is so expensive. I can't afford that. I can't go there. You have to write about some more affordable foods, Stu. And I hear you. I hear that completely. And I have done that. I've written about some very affordable options for you. First of all, the Altamont Deli in North Asheville and the Altamont Grill in West Asheville are both making very delicious and very affordable food, in my opinion. And um, I also wrote about Rebel Burger. And Rebel Burger is a take takeout and delivery only, or maybe just delivery. It's been a while since I wrote about it. But a uh, very affordable burger and uh, like sort of a vegetarian bowl and some other, just a very limited menu, though, like just a tiny menu, although they did tell me they were going to expand it. And so the Altamont, North and West, as well as Rebel Burger, look them all up online and tell me I'm wrong if you think those prices are not very affordable, but I think they are. But now let's talk about Deep South Kitchen, because as soon as I looked at the menu, like Ellen told me, hey, I'm working for the, or I'm marketing for this restaurant and I want you to come in and try it. It's called Deep South Kitchen. It's up on Merriman Avenue. And I looked it up online and there was the menu and I said, oh, yeah, this is what people want. This is exactly what they've been asking for. And so I went in, and as I said in the interview with Ellen, I brought my mom and Deb. I figured a couple of older folks would be good to bring into this place. And it is, in case you didn't catch it or in case we didn't say it, and if you're local, it is located in the old honey roasted ham or whatever. What are those called? Honey glazed ham, country honey ham shack or whatever. I'm forgetting right now what it's called. Honey glazed. I think that's what it was. Honey glazed ham. And that was like a real old school place that was kind of on Merriman Ave, but back. Like there's a parking lot behind what used to be a taco takeout place. I think now it's Italian ice or something like that. But uh, if you remember where the honey glazed ham place was, you know where the deep South kitchen is and you can just Google it and stuff. I don't know why I'm spending so much time trying to give you directions, but um, 
as soon as I saw it, I was like, yes, this is what people want. Plenty of parking, for one thing. That is the other trend, a never-ending trend. People want to eat at places where they can park their car. And uh, I went in. We ate. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. No surprises. And it was real good. I had meatloaf. We we all shared our food. We got a ton of food and we shared it. We ordered three entrees and each entree came with three sides. So it's a classic meat and three restaurant in the super old school style. It ain't like a new fancy take on meat and three. It's not like um, all of our food is raised on organic farms within five miles of the restaurant type of place. It is old school. I can't emphasize that enough. I've already said that about 20 times, but uh, I got, I got meatloaf with sweet peas and collards and uh, mac and cheese. Those were my sides. My mom got pot roast with deep fried okra collards and mashed taters with gravy. Deb got chicken fried steak and she also got taters and gravy and she got, uh, I think, I can't remember what her other sides were. That's not as important. Oh, she got baked beans and she got pinto beans. And so we had a ton of sides, like a whole bunch. And they were great. I ate, I ate the you-know-what out of these food items. And uh, my mom's pot roast, to me, was the star dish of the table. If you like pot roast, like I like pot roast, you go down and you get yourself some of this pot roast from the Deep South Kitchen because it was real, real, real good. It's very dark and dank, and the meat on the pot roast just fell apart and was nice and stringy like it should be, and the vegetables were cooked just right, and it was delicious. It was the star of the table. Now, the chicken fried steak, I did not grow up eating chicken fried steak. I did grow up eating pot roast, of course, in New England, but not chicken fried steak. It's a new thing to me. I've only had it a couple of places. I've had it where it's been real awful, like just real, uh, got a lot of fryer fat in the breading and fryer grease, I mean, and just not good. But this one was the best I've ever had. And admittedly, I have very little experience with this uh, particular dish, but it was real good. It was crispy on the outside. You can see the pictures make it look real good. And a chicken fried steak, for those who haven't had it, is tenderized, meaning that it's beaten down into a flat form. So it's flattened. And anybody who's a fan of like Cuban steaks is probably going to be a fan of chicken fried steaks. And it's got bread, batter, deep fried, ding. It was great. I really enjoyed it. And Deb did too, more importantly. And as I mentioned, Deb's from Louisiana. So she's eating a lot of Southern food. And she was in heaven when we were at the Old South Diner. Old South Kitchen. Deep South Kitchen. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. And I got the meatloaf. And the meatloaf, I will say this. It was delicious it was moist it was slightly bland that's i'm just going to come right out and say it to me it was slightly it needed a little zing of a ding and so i put some salt and some gravy on it and it was great and then it was a ton of food so we all brought a lot of food home and then i ate this stuff for the next couple of days and like mixing the meatloaf with the taters and gravy and collards and the peas, I really like the peas. 
it was all great. It was fantastic. And it did remind me of the diner food that I, that I grew up eating in new England. We have diners up there too. And we have very similar food to that. And it reminded me of that. So it was a very enjoyable, nostalgic experience. And we all enjoyed the food very much. I recommend the pot roast very highly. The mac and cheese was really soft and creamy, and I go all over the place with my preferences with mac and cheese. I'm not that. I, I would call myself not fussy, but I don't want to imply that I don't. I'm not discerning because I know a bad piece of mac and cheese. And when I say piece, because usually it's a dried up piece of baked mac and cheese, but I know good mac and cheese when I eat it. And I really enjoyed this one. It was super creamy, and the noodles were cooked until they were very soft. So. Be prepared for that. It's very mushy. Um, and so I think I thought Asheville was going to dig this. And I and I I was right, man. I made a post about it on Facebook and Ellen and I touched on it. But, yeah, it reached a lot of people. It got a lot of shares. People were very excited about it. And so this kind of bleeds right into my next segment. And we'll come back after a little musical interlude and we'll do some advice for restaurants unsolicited advice unsolicited advice i need to make a doom and gloom stinger for that segment all right we'll be right back with some unsolicited advice all righty everybody we're back with, as promised, a little advice that nobody asked for, the best kind. And I say that sarcastically because nobody enjoys advice they didn't ask for. And yet here I am giving it to you, giving it to the world, giving it to every restaurateur out there. And here's my advice for this week. It's very simple. And it is keep it simple, keep it cheap, keep it affordable. People want affordable food these days. If you've, you're a fancy restaurant and you're making money with $35, $36, dollars entrees, and that's working for you, keep doing it. Whatever's working is working. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody. But if you're struggling to find your space, are we high-priced? Are we low-end? Are we uh, farm-to-table? Or can we afford to be farm-to-table and charge the prices we're charging? Uh, we don't, uh, we're confused and we're going out of business over here. I'm saying get those prices down as low as you can, even if you have to use some commodity meats and even if you have to use some food from U.S. foods or preferably from Cheney Brothers um, and uh, get those prices down. At least some of the items on your menu should be not just affordable, but they should make your customers say, oh, wow, okay, that's cheap. And I don't, I don't care how you do it, like make it out of potatoes and flour or something, but have something delicious on your menu that is super cheap, more than one thing if you can, because that is what people want as evidenced by how excited people are about the Deep South Kitchen. And when you look at their prices, it's not like you're going, oh my God, it's, it's insanely cheap. But you're saying, yeah, that's that's a good price for the amount of food I'm getting. And also, I know that I'm getting um, the I know what I'm getting in terms of the food. 
it's not like I'm spending $35 on an entree and it comes to the table and I don't know what it is. And the server has to explain it to me. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Uh, And let me say, I like that kind of food too. Explain it to me. And if it's delicious, I'm going to eat it. And if it's worth it, I'm going to pay $40 an entree for it. But my advice to restaurants right now in this time frame is to keep it affordable as best as you can. And I know that you already know that. I know that you know it. I do. I'm not, I don't run a restaurant. I just sit on the other side of the table and I eat and I listen to what the readers tell me. And they are very concerned with prices right now. A good friend, chef of mine told me, Hey, I'm thinking about putting a 20, $8 burger on my menu going to be made out of Wagyu beef and stuff. And I was like, dude, man, don't do that. People are going to laugh at you and people are going to say mean things about you and stuff on, on social media. And they were like, well, the restaurant up the street has like a $27 burger on their menu. And I said, actually that burger has gone up to $29. A friend and I were just laughing about it the other day. So I don't know if $29 burger is working anywhere, but I'm going to say that don't go in that direction if you're not already making money on, on really expensive food. No, Nobody gives a you-know-what about Wagyu beef burgers right now. They're, when we're all feeling flush again, sure, we'll try anything and we'll pay anything, anything for a new experience, you know? But right now it's the times are tight or people are scared because of what happened with the economy. And like right now, I, I think people are doing pretty good economically speaking, the job market's good. The rate of pay is pretty good here in Asheville. But, uh, I, but I think people are still worried and they should be, I am, you know? And, uh, so that's my advice, my unsolicited advice for restaurants. And I know that this one they're going to be resent more than any other because it'll be like, yeah, dummy, don't we wish we could keep it cheap. But I'm telling you, make something out of some potatoes and onions and flour and make it delicious and charge a reasonable price for it. And people will flock and they will start telling their friends, oh, you got to come here and get the potato pancakes or whatever because it's the best thing I've ever had. All right, man. Let's uh, let's end this nonsense, take a little break, and then we'll come back. Oh, the pizza guy is here. Hey, Drew, how's it going, man? I'm good, Stu. Pizza's here. What do we got today, man? Well, today we got the uh, go home pizza. You're drunk. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a uh, beer brats uh, cooked in Ninja Porter from Asheville Brewing. Uh, it's got a uh, beer cheese with uh, Fire Escape Pale Ale. Uh, we got some sauerkraut on it. The sauerkraut's uh, it's got some tomato paste and uh, smoked paprika. Yum. Um, and then the uh, jalapenos and onions are also. Cooked with the sour uh, with the brats in uh, in the beer, it's good. Wow, man, that sounds great. Go home, pizza. You're drunk. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And this is your pizza of the month from Asheville Pizza South for yes, October. So it's kind of your Oktoberfest. It, it is now. Yeah, we we were talking about some other things, but we decided to bring it back last month. Last year we did a 
we had the lusty monk mustard on it and right. uh, it was i feel like it was a little it's delicious but a little overpowering so we wanted to change it up with the sauerkraut and it, i think it was a good uh good switch up it sounds like a good switch up to yeah. me. I did like last year's pizza a lot, yeah. but it was very mustardy. You're yeah, correct. Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm anxious or anxious probably the wrong <laughs> word. I'm excited <laughs> to excited. tuck into this one, yeah, Drew. Yeah. And and today I wanted to ask you, Drew, since you're such a pizza master, <laughs> um, if you had any advice for young pizza makers out there sure. across the country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I feel like I'm a little different than most pizza guys. They you know. I feel like everybody's chasing that like perfect New York slice or like, you know, Chicago style or whatever. And I feel like really do your own thing. You know, everybody's, if everybody's trying to do the same thing, you're not getting anything different. You know, there's, there's always going to be somebody better doing the same thing. So if you're doing something different, you're always the best. That's great advice. If you're doing something different, yeah. you're always the best. Yeah, it's like, you know, no one's doing stuff we do. So no. it's like, no one's better than us at it because we're doing it. No yeah. one else is doing it. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And I, that's great advice. <laughs> yeah. And your pizza is uncategorizable in terms right. of it's not New York pizza. It's right. not Chicago pizza. It's not Greek pizza, which right. is a thing. And uh, it's it's its own unique it's not even like Asheville pizza and brewing pizza. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's its own Asheville pizza South yeah. pizza. Yeah. And it's its own Drew Peterson and right. friends. Like yeah. you right. you and your friends work on these Absolutely. ideas together. Yeah, it's a it's a group effort for sure. We we all work together. I got a good crew in there. They're uh, just as crazy as I am, you know, about <laughs> making good pizza, making something different, doing something different, you know. So would that be another piece of advice, like surround yourself with some like-minded crazies? Oh, absolutely, yeah, okay. for sure. You, you got to have a good team or it's not going to work, man. All right. Yeah, that's for sure. It's funny, I, I was talking to somebody last night about that, and uh, about how, you know, they, everybody's trying to do the same thing, you know. Uh, it, 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 there's nothing else you can do with a Neapolitan pizza or uh, you know, it, it's you have to use the exact same ingredients every single time, and it's like, how are you going to make that better? You, you can't make it better because it's if it you're is doing what the same it thing. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just said a saying that I don't really like. It is what it yeah, is. It is what it but is. But yeah. it it really yeah. is a yeah. Neapolitan pizza. Right. If you change it, it's no longer that. Right. Yeah. 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 So. And so that's great, Drew. That's yeah. great advice for young pizza makers out <laughs> yeah. there. Keep and I would say maybe yeah. for for food makers of for all stripes. Food makers, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've always had uh, this the thought of like nothing sacred in my in my head. You know, I don't know. It's like if you were like even with music, like, you can't remix that song. You can't do this. You can't do that. No. I'm like, you can't cover this song. I'm like. No. Yeah, you can. You do can it all. Do whatever you want. Take yeah. a song apart, put right. it back together. Right. You do what you want, uh, and then uh, you, know, you deal with the consequences later. But who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh it. man, you're a philosopher yeah. today, dude. Yeah. Not just yeah. delivering the pies, but delivering the pearls of wisdom. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love sure. it. Well, yeah. brother, I know you got to make pies and and yeah. get the pizzas to the people, That's and right. I'm anxious to. T- Again, I use the word anxious. I guess I am. <laughs> I'm anxiously excited Very to talk excited. into this yes. pizza. Yeah. yeah cool. All right, brother. Have a great day. Hey, you too, man. Enjoy. I, oh, wait. Before you go, uh, address, web yeah, address. 1850 Hendersonville Road, Suite A. Uh, it's down south, Hendersonville Road, South Asheville, AshevillePizzaSouth.com. Uh, Facebook, uh, Asheville Pizza South, yeah, slash whatever it is, you know. There you uh, go. We are on Instagram as well. Same thing. It's, Fantastic. Yes.
All right, Drew. Have a great day, brother. Hey, you too, man. Enjoy. All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And I want to thank my guests for being on. Ellen Stroud, marketing consultant with Asheville Radio Group and Chef Drew Peterson from Asheville Pizza South. And thank you, WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of the mountains broadcasting to the world for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast. Find me on social media, Stu Helm Food Fan on Facebook, Instagram, Substack and TikTok. And if you eat something good, let me know about it. Bye.